Welcome to Baby in Berlin, the podcast for international families in Germany, where we share information and resources about pregnancy, birth, and the early family years. My name is Elodie. I'm a mother of two and a maternity concierge and postpartum doula living in Berlin. My role is to accompany parents on the adventure of having a baby in Germany. I mostly do this through my online course available on babyinberlin.com. I was born in France and I got pregnant shortly after moving to Germany. I came to experience firsthand what it's like to give birth in a foreign country, not knowing what to do and when, and not even speaking the language. I've created this podcast to share my knowledge of the pregnancy and birth system in Germany. I hope you'll enjoy it. Welcome. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Baby in Berlin, the podcast for international families in Germany. So today what I wanted to talk to you about are the first steps of your pregnancy. So you just found out you're pregnant or you are trying to get pregnant and maybe you're listening to this because you want to be prepared which is really good so even before the start of your pregnancy but this is really a question that I get very often and that I see on forums and Facebook groups um, over and over again um, which is I just found out I'm pregnant or we just found out that we're pregnant and uh, we'd like to know what we need to do and especially what we need to do first and urgently and what we need to do right now. So there may be some confusions because it might be different in Germany as it is in your home country. You may not have had any friends or colleagues who were pregnant before and generally um, It takes a few hours or even a few days to get over the news of the pregnancy and to kind of, you know, let it sink in. And some parents also want to wait or prefer to wait until the end of the first trimester to start doing anything and start planning their pregnancy and their birth. In Germany, I wouldn't advise you to do that. Um, and that's why I've created this episode which is to give you a few tips of what you absolutely need to start taking care of when you know that you're pregnant so that you don't miss out on anything and so that you actually make your life easier down the road. So the very first thing is obviously if you have a hunch that you are pregnant um, or that your partner is pregnant, you want to um, get this confirmed first by a pregnancy test, which you can buy in any pharmacy or at any drugstore in Germany. So drugstores are places like Crossman or DM or Budni. I would advise maybe to go to a drugstore because they're cheaper there and also to get one of the paper strips ones and not in plastic because they are a lot cheaper and because it creates less plastic and less pollution. So if you have a positive pregnancy test, the very first thing you need to do or that I would advise you to do is to find a midwife. So midwife care is something that's very specific to Germany. Um, it is entirely paid for by your health insurance, whether you're public or private, and it includes postnatal care that 
that's what a lot of people know about, but it also includes um, pregnancy care and in some cases it includes attending the birth. Um, so having your very own midwife that you know and that you've gotten to know throughout pregnancy to attend your, your birth instead of having any hospital midwife who's on call. So I'm going to go through the various options that you can have in terms of midwives and how to find them. So the top notch of midwives that you can get is a so-called Belike Bama, who's an uncle midwife, and she's going to be a midwife who's going to be able to take care of you during your pregnancy, so prenatal care, who's going to be attending your birth, so either at home if you want to give birth at home or in the hospital that they have a contract with. Note that the Belike Bama can only give birth at certain hospitals, so you can't take them anywhere that you like, but really only with the hospital they have a contract with. And the Belike Bama will also be the one um, taking care of you during postnatal. So it's really the best of options, uh, but there are very few Belike Bam um, all over Germany, especially in big cities. Um, it's very rare and very difficult to find one so it's definitely something that you want to do as soon as you know that you're pregnant so even if you are four or five or six weeks pregnant pick up the phone and this is the first thing you want to do I have a Billy Hebama once tell me that there is no such thing as being a little pregnant or a little bit pregnant. So a Billy Hebama will not make fun of you at all if you call her and you say, look, I'm four or five weeks pregnant. Um, I just found out. Can I book you? Because that's, you know, the type of um, lead time that they're booked by. So, um the way that you can find a Belike Bama is to look at um, hospital websites and they usually have the list of the Belike Bama who work at these specific hospitals uh, with their contact details. Some Belike Bama will have their own websites, but it's much easier if you look at the hospitals in your area and ask for the list of Belike Bama or sometimes it's um, freely published on their website and you call the Belike Bama one by one to ask if they have availability. Um, I would call all the Belike Bama in one go and you know like try and contact them by email, by phone, sending an SMS, um, you know try all the means of communication that you have with them and not wait until you have a response to contact the next one but really contact them all in one go. Um, yeah, so that's the Billy Kibama. The second type of midwife that you can um, try to find if you don't find a Billy Kibama um, or if you are already further into your pregnancy. So let's say maybe you're in week eight or nine, it's going to be much more difficult to find a Billy Kibama and I would go straight to trying to find a postnatal midwife. Obviously, all the advice I'm giving you is based on my experience. You might be living in an area where it's slightly different but you know I think in general terms that's what I would advise to do so if you're already into your eighth or ninth week of pregnancy I would go straight to looking for a postnatal midwife so a, a Wochenbetthebamme 
Um, Wochenbett Hebammen um, are midwives who work as freelancers. Sometimes they also work in a hospital or in a birthing center on the side, but they provide postnatal care as um, freelance midwives. And what they do is they take care of you during your postnatal period. So typically the six to eight weeks after birth, um, they can come for the first 10 days every day and then they can offer you up to 16 visits. And they visit you at home, so it's very comfortable. You don't have to go out to your gynecologist or to your pediatrician if you just have, you know, some small questions. And it's all covered for by the health insurance um, and what I'm talking about here in terms of the postnatal care, so those 10 visits, um, you know, uh, every day after birth or up to 10 visits every day and then 16 visits. These are the visits that would be also provided by your Belegebama in her postnatal care. The Wochenbett Hebamme can be found um, either looking at um, lists in hospitals. So like I said, some hospital midwives also offer postnatal care um, on top of their um, hospital contract. You can also have a look at the midwife practices in your area. Some of them offer postnatal care within the practice or at home. Definitely ask for recommendations of your friends and colleagues, especially those who live in the same area as you. So it's that's another thing that a lot of expats don't know about is midwives only work within a specific geographic area, usually around where they live. So they don't have to travel out too much. Um, it's especially important in the big cities that you really only look at the midwives within your districts because they will not be traveling much. Um, I have sometimes international families who make the mistake of looking for a midwife who has a specific language and they really stick to that and they absolutely want to find a midwife who speaks French, for example. They contact all of the midwives all over the city who speak French, but a lot of those will not actually be available to them because they live far, um, far, um, far away from where the family lives. Um, so stick to the midwives who live in your area. Um, if you're living in a big city, that means within your postcode or the neighboring postcodes. If you're living in a smaller city, then all over the city or within a few kilometers. Um, when you find a midwife who's available for you, you can actually have a meeting with her to find out whether, you know, it works out in terms of personality and in terms of what you envisage and uh, what you, you know, in terms of what your plans are for a postpartum. Um, and you can meet with up to two midwives um, and then choose the one that you that you want. The health insurance will not reimburse more than this, typically. Um, so if you meet with two midwives and you don't like those two and you decide to meet with a third one, typically you'd have to pay out of pocket for that meeting because obviously the midwife has to be reimbursed for the time that she spends with you. Um, in a lot of cases, however, you don't really have the choice, I have to say, and you can't really pick which midwife you like. Um, the questions I would ask the midwife, you know, if you have the choice are obviously, you know, maybe languages. 
um, also her availability um, in terms of bank holidays, uh, weekends, whether she would, you know, be prepared to do some visits at the weekend uh, or not. Um, and also, you know, maybe her views on, you know, whether she's open to you breastfeeding, not breastfeeding, you know, sleeping in the same bed as the baby or not. And, um, you know, seeing whether you kind of have matching ideas and, and opinions. Another um, sort of general tips, I would say, in terms of finding a midwife, I think I've <laughs> mentioned this already enough, but, you know, the earlier the better. So it's never too early to find a midwife. You have to be pregnant, of course. There's no point, you know, trying to find a midwife if you haven't done a positive pregnancy test. Um, I do have some clients sometimes who want to do this. It's not possible, but definitely the earlier the better. It's never too early. Um, look you know, only within a certain geographical area. Be careful that if you move during pregnancy, it's going to make things more difficult because you have to find a midwife who's going to be either um, okay to visit you in your new place, which is often not the case, or you're going to have to find a midwife there at your new place. Um, the pickier you are, the more difficult it's going to be. I sometimes have clients who come to me and who say, I want to find a midwife who is, you know, um, who has those opinions and views about feeding, who is French, who is going to be able to accompany me at, um, you know, the hospital, but also offer a home birth. And this client is already within her 15th week of pregnancy um definitely you know try to find the midwife that's right for you i'm not saying that you should you know settle for a midwife who you really don't like but the pickier you are the the more difficult it's going to be and sometimes it's really a great opportunity to learn some german as well so um focusing on language skills is you know obviously important in some cases but if your german is part if your partner is german sorry or if um you know, you have some German and, you know, it could be a great opportunity to actually, you know, learn some more. Another thing I would say is when you are looking for a midwife is you should maybe dedicate like a proper chunk of time, maybe a day or at least half a day and contact like 20 to 30 midwives in a row. So don't wait to have the answer of one midwife before you contact the other one, because you might actually, you know, be waiting for an answer that will never come. I have to say that in a lot of cases, the midwives are so booked out that they can't actually reply to the parents when uh, just to say you know I can't take you so you know sometimes the the answer will never come so definitely you know and contact 20 to 30 I would also say make a list like on an excel spreadsheet or use tools like Trello to really have a good overview of okay which midwives come into consideration what's their contact details have I contacted them already have they replied so that you don't contact the same midwife midwife twice um, more tips on finding a midwife um, also on you know what to do if you don't find a midwife are all included in my online course having a baby in Germany um, where I go into a lot more details about this um, this topic so definitely maybe you know have a have a look at this um, if you want to 
Another thing that you want to do when you find out you're pregnant is to get the pregnancy, you know, confirmed and, and you know, set off on the right start and confirmed by the gynecologist. Um, so they can confirm your pregnancy on week roughly seven to nine, sometimes week 10 of pregnancy where they can see a heartbeat. Um, sometimes it will be a little bit too early to see a heartbeat and they will ask you to come in a couple of weeks later, but they will take some blood to confirm the hormone levels, which will definitely you know, confirm the pregnancy or not. Um, I wouldn't wait to see the gynecologist before you contact your midwife. So definitely contact the midwife before, <laughs> even before you see the gynecologist. Um, it's wise to have a gynecologist before you start a pregnancy, because in some cities, especially in Berlin, for example, you can have to wait sometimes, you know, four, five, six weeks before you get an appointment with a new gynecologist. So it's definitely a good thing to do is to you know already see a gynecologist just for a checkup before you even get pregnant if you don't have a gynecologist yet um, just you know take the one that you can um, that will be able to see you at least within the first trimester of pregnancy. You can always change later on, but it's, I think, important to already get the pregnancy started to a good start um, so that you can get your Mutterpass. Well, your Mutterpass is your pregnancy booklet and that you can start having some of the um, blood tests done um, so that you know you know what you have to be careful about in terms of you know what you need to uh, what you can cannot eat and things like this mm, if you want to change it's important to note that you have to st stay within the same with the same gynecologist sorry until the end of the calendar trimester before you're able to change. So if, for example, you see a gynecologist on April 15th, you have to stay with them until June 30th. And you can only change to a new gynecologist on July 1st. And then you start a new calendar trimester and you have to stay with that gynecologist until the end of September. Um, so if you don't have a gynecologist before your pregnancy starts and you have to go with, you know, any gynecologist that you find just because you, you know, have to get an appointment, you can always change, but you only have the possibility to change at the end of the calendar trimester. If you are moving within the pregnancy, so you're already pregnant and you're moving to Germany in the middle of your pregnancy, it's a good idea to make an appointment weeks before you move to Germany with a gynecologist here on site. Um, you can do this on Dr. Lib, for example, uh, which is an online platform to make a doctor's appointment. And, you know, you have the possibility there to do this, but it usually takes, like I said, a few weeks before you get an appointment. Um, you usually know weeks in advance when you're going to move. So it's a good idea to do this um, if you're moving within the the course of your pregnancy. Um, another thing that you might want to consider thinking about or looking at is the place of birth. So where you're thinking about giving birth. In Germany, you have the option of a home birth. You can give birth in a birthing center or in a hospital. 
Um, most parents decide to give birth in the hospital, about 93%, um, I think, and the rest um, are split between birthing centers and home births. Um, if you're thinking about a home birth, it's something that you would need to plan quite early because there are not that many home birth midwives and they need to be booked quite well in advance. So I would say definitely within the first trimester and if possible from week six, six to seven of pregnancy, so really early. Um, so it's not something that you can think of, you know, I'll, I'll think about it and I'll plan it, you know, later on down the pregnancy because there's usually no more home birth midwives, midwives available. Another option um, of where to give birth is a birthing center. Again, same here. These are very popular in Germany and there are limited spaces in birthing centers. So if you are thinking about giving birth there, it's definitely something you need to book within the first trimester. Sometimes there are openings later on, but in general, it's something you'd uh, need to think about pretty early on. Um, these days, due to the COVID pandemic, you can't go in and visit a birthing center in most cases, but you can call in. They usually have websites where you can view the rooms. A birthing center in Germany is a non, um, uh, I was going to say non-medical facility, but it's actually led by midwives, uh, but there are no doctors in a birthing center. So uh, your um, birth would be entirely supported by midwives um, and birthing centers offer, you know, great homely birthing rooms where you have all of the equipment um, in terms of, you know, um, um, birthing beds and, and ropes and, and uh, stools and bowls and everything you can think of and, you know, sometimes even birthing pools. Um, within the center um, and it's led by midwives so it's you know definitely um, something that's you know medically um, approved uh, but birthing centers don't offer anything like for example epidural obviously no cesarean and like I said there are no doctors um, until uh, unless there is an emergency obviously um, and you can always get transferred from a birthing center to uh, to a hospital um, so, you know, again, one thing you need to take care of if you want to give birth in a birthing center is, is book this pretty quickly. Um, some hospitals require you to register pretty early on, um, within the first trimester, but these, this is very rare. Um, in Berlin, for example, there is one hospital where you have to register, um, on the first day of your 12th week of pregnancy but all of the hospitals you can register into much much later into your pregnancy um, you don't have to go to the hospital that's closer to your home if you don't want to you can actually choose the hospital where you want to go to or the clinic um, and sometimes a lot of couples find this good so that they have time to talk to other parents and get some recommendations and, you know, look at the place, even if it's just from outside, because most of the information evenings have been cancelled or are happening online. 
But um, a lot of couples like the fact that they are able to um, have more time to decide. Um, but anything other than a hospital birth, I would say, um, is to be planned during the first the first trimester of pregnancy um, as, as early as possible, in fact. Um, now, there are some things that some couples and some clients ask me, uh, you know, if they should do. So I also thought about doing a list of what you don't need to do or what you shouldn't do in the first trimester. Um, so there is no need to tell your employer that you're pregnant. So if you're employed, um, you actually can wait much, much later. It Actually, you can wait um, so far out into your pregnancy that your pregnancy will probably be showing by the time you have to tell your employer that you're pregnant. So um, you definitely don't have to tell your employer that you're pregnant. Uh, you can you know, keep it to yourself if you want to wait until the end of the first trimester or, like I said, much, much later, actually. Um, what you also don't need to do is if you are employed, you don't need to work yourself to the bone and work yourself uh, crazy. Um, there is are some you know there is a legal framework in Germany that allows you to be freed from your work obligations either partially so that you only work part-time during your pregnancy or that you can stop working completely if the work is too demanding or too stressful or it's make it's it's dangerous for you or for the baby's life so um, anything that requires you to be for example standing for too long or, you know, carrying heavy things or working with uh, dangerous chemicals, anything that would require to travel too much or anything that's just like too stressful. You know, I think in a lot of uh, cases, it's not that the work itself is stressful, but it's the, um, sorry, it's not that the the the, the, um, the work is is, is difficult but it, it's very stressful so in those cases um, there is the possibility of actually asking for a so-called Beschäftigungsverbot which is a work ban so it can be a partial work ban where the doctor tells um, your employer that you're only able to work a certain amount of hours per day or per week or it can be a complete work ban so that you can stop working entirely in both cases, whether you're working um, only part-time or that you stop working entirely, you are still entitled to be paid 100%. And this pay will come from your employer, but the, your employer can get 100% of that pay back from your health insurance. So sometimes I have some clients who feel a bit queasy about asking for a work ban, um, even, even a partial one, just because they feel that they are <laughs> sucking the blood out of their employer. Um, but like I said, the health insurance system is actually you know, uh, prepared for this and is actually paying your employer back. In some cases, it's actually even better for the employer that you have a, you know, work ban. So the work ban can work, can be from the first day of pregnancy until the end of your pregnancy or up until the beginning of your maternity leave. So six weeks before the due date. And it's, um, it's sometimes even better because 
in the case that you are stressed or tired or recurrently, you know, regularly sick, um, it's much more difficult for your employer to actually, you know, have a predictable vision of, you know, where you when you're going to be there. Um, if you are, you know, getting a sick note, let's say every month for a week or a couple of weeks and you're out of work, um, you're actually, you know, going to get uh, paid by your employer. Your employer will get, you know, only partially that money back from the health insurance. So not all of it. Um, whereas in the case of a work ban, they would get 100 percent of the um, of the payback. And also, you know, just work-wise, it makes things more difficult because, you know, you're, you're actually getting stressed about, you know, getting a sick note um, every month and then telling your employer and then maybe they get stressed or they get annoyed or angry and then you have to reorganize your work. Whereas a work ban, you know, if you feel that in the, you know, even in the second, third month of pregnancy, some women have um, so-called hyperemesis gravidarium, which means that they feel nauseous or sick all the time. Um, you don't have to go to work. Um, there is actually a provision in the legal framework that you can get 100% of your salary um, and, you know, be able to take care of yourself. Um, you know, parenthood is a marathon and you don't want to start the marathon by, you know, being sick and tired like this. Um, so that's a possibility. So definitely don't work yourself to the bone if you are employed. Um, if you are self-employed, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, you are entitled in some cases if you are paying into the so-called Krankengeld with your public health insurance. You are entitled to um, sick pay entitlement, sick pay allowance but only from the 44th day of being uh, sick. Um, and only if you don't have any um, side income. So it's a little bit more difficult and it's not as comfortable as when you are employed um, to be able to take some time off um, if you're a self-employed expecting mother. Um, but it's, it's also possible under some, some circumstances. Um, another thing that you don't need to do um, at all if you are expecting um, and within the, the first trimester is you don't need to buy anything. Um, maybe you'll find out throughout the podcast that um, I'm very big on environmentally conscious buying and parenting. Um, it's definitely, you know, uh, less is more and that definitely applies for, you know, buying stuff. Um, you know, I recommend that you find out carefully about, you know, brands and, and things that you actually need. And a lot of the things that are out there, you don't actually need um, to <laughs> raise a child and to have a baby. So you don't need to buy, buy, buy anything. Um, and the other thing that you shouldn't do um, is to wait until you find a midwife. I think I've been clear enough about this, but um, it's definitely something that, you know, you don't um, you don't want to to wait around before before you do. Um, I think that's it. Uh, there are a lot more steps to your pregnancy and to you know what you need to do in terms of paperwork as well. You know before the baby comes, but all of that can actually be done much later on, 
and um, you know there will be much more episodes about this. So I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's uh, given you some ideas and some tips on what to do when you're get just when you got pregnant. And uh, yeah, congratulations on your pregnancy, and see you on the next episode. Bye bye. For more information about my services and courses, go to babyinberlin.com. Sound and music by David Nichols. Thank you all for listening. See you on the next episode.